Well, good morning, and a warm welcome to the service this morning. Those who are in the building, it's good to have people in the building. Uh, it's still almost a novelty to have people in the building, uh, and uh, it's good to see you. You're all very welcome. Those on the camera, I don't forget as well, uh, there are many at home, and a warm welcome to those who are tuning in uh, on uh, the YouTube page or who are listening in on the telephone. One thing I've meant to say over the past few weeks as well that I, I, I forgot to say is that uh, if there are people who have been watching uh, over the months and who haven't actually come to church before or haven't come for a while and who want to come back, uh, there is space and uh, you're very welcome. So if you're aware of people as well who may want to come but who haven't uh, come for a while or come at all, uh, then uh, please encourage them to, to come forward and either speak to, to Kami, if you know Kami, or someone in the congregation, and we can make sure uh, that there's uh, space. There is space. It's just a question week by week of us managing who's, who's coming along to the services. Let's uh, unite our hearts in prayer. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this your day. We thank you for your word, which we've been able to hear sung in the the building here at this time, for your word, which some have been able to, to sing in their own homes, even as they gathered together as families. We thank you for that psalm, a psalm that's precious to us, a psalm that goes back many thousands of years to the life of uh, David, uh, your, your child, uh, one of uh, the people that you called to follow you, a man after your own heart. And we think about his life and we think about the struggles that David had to endure, uh, some of which he brought upon himself as he wandered from you, many of which uh, he came under pressure because of his faith in you. And we thank you for the psalm, the prayer that uh, he penned, that we're able to sing. We thank you for the deliverances that uh, he knew in his life, for the times when he felt that he was sinking, when there was no way out, when there was no way of being saved, and as he cried out to you, uh, you saved him time and time again in miraculous ways. And yet we thank you that this is a psalm that does not end with David's life, but it's a psalm that points us forward to the life of Jesus, your son, our saviour. We thank you that he is the one that we see as we sing and as we meditate upon this psalm. He is the one who lifts us from the, the muck and the mire of our sin. He is the one who lifts us from the pit that we sink into as fallen people. He is the one who, who places us on firm, steady ground. He is the one who is that firm, steady ground. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the solid rock that we are able to build our lives on in time. And we acknowledge, Lord, with thanksgiving that he is the one uh, who enables us not only to know security and steadiness in time, uh, but who gives us that entry into eternity, safety and security for all eternity in heaven for all of your people. So we thank you for that psalm that points us to Christ. And we pray that we would make it our own, that we would uh, not simply read it as something distant from us, but we pray that we would make this our prayer. We ask that this would be the, the, the word of our testimony. I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear he took me from the fearful pit and from the mighty clay. On the rock he set my feet, establishing my way. We pray that each of us, Lord, 
in this building and those who listen on on phones, those who are online, we pray that each of us would be able to say that uh, Christ is the rock of our salvation, that we are his. And yet, Lord, we know that there are many uh, in this world, many uh, in our community who, who do not yet see Jesus and who do not yet see the, the danger that they are in apart from Christ. And so we pray, Lord, that you would be working uh, to awaken souls that are, are dead in transgression and sin. We pray that you would be working to, to revive uh, hearts that once may have been uh, hot for Christ and now have become lukewarm, even cool. Uh, we know, Lord, that we cannot uh, make a change of that nature uh, through our words, but you and the power of your Spirit are able to work in, in each heart. And so we, we pray, Lord, for each other as we think of people that come to our mind's eye. Uh, some close with you, we ask that you would bless them, Lord. Uh, some who may be far from you, some who may have drifted in past months uh, and even years, we ask, Lord, that you would be working, that you would meet one, each one at the point of, of their need, of our need, Lord, that you would work in our lives. We thank you that we can come to you in prayer. We thank you that you hear us and you answer us because of Jesus, the one in whose name we pray and the one in whose work we trust. And so we ask, Lord, that you would hear us as we ask for your help. We pray for those who are grieving uh, today. We, we think especially of, uh, of our Queen. We think of the pictures that we saw yesterday, the service that we may have listened into and watched, and the image of, uh, of that uh, old, uh, frail lady with her head bowed, uh, so alone in that uh, room. We pray that you would come alongside her, Lord, as the God of all comfort, uh, that you would uh, surround her uh, with your strength, with your love. We pray that she would know your presence and your peace as uh, on this your day uh, she comes before you as she has done so many times. We thank you for the steadiness of her witness. We ask, Lord, that you would bless her and uh, that you would uh, minister to her in this difficult time. We pray that you would raise up those who are like her. We look around those, at those in authority in our land and we see so few who are willing to say the name of Jesus. We see so few who are willing to take a stand uh, and say that the Bible is your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would move in this country once known as the land of the book. We pray that you would bring us back uh, to the book that book, your word, that gave us steadiness over many generations. Now we see ourselves as so unstable in all our ways. And we pray, Father, that you would be working in this land to bring glory to your name. And we ask that you would be working in our lives. Uh, we know there are always those around us who are grieving for loved ones past and in recent days and, and in distant years. And we ask for your comfort for all who grieve. We pray on for those who are sick, some uh, who come to our minds, who are in our extended family and friends, some who are with us. And we ask, Lord, uh, that uh, all those who are struggling with sickness, that uh, you would come alongside them, Lord, that you would give that grace that is sufficient for each day that you give to us in time. And enable us, we pray, as those who are in time for such a, a short period to make our calling and election sure by trusting Christ for eternity. 
We ask that you would be with us as we open your word, that uh, you would help us to understand, help us to see Jesus. We pray for Gordon as he ministers in Scalpy this morning as well. And we ask that you would speak through him, that you would uh, guide him in his thoughts and in his words. And we pray for Andrew Coggle, uh, whose mother is, is seriously unwell and who's had to leave uh, to go to be with her. And we pray your blessing upon him and upon his family. So hear our prayers. Bless this time together. Cleanse us from our sin as we confess it. Empty us of all that we seek to turn in ourselves and fill us with your spirit that we may see Jesus. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We'll pray. Lord God, we thank you uh, for the fact that uh, you love us enough to tell us that the mess that we see in our own hearts is a mess. We thank you that you've, you've told us that the, the mess in our hearts is called sin. But we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who came to this world and you said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. I've come uh, for sinners. And we thank you that when we cry out, when we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, he is the one who is able to, to hear our prayers and help us. We thank you that he is the one who went to a cross to take our sin away and to make us safe forever. So help us, we pray, uh, to be looking to and calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Save us, we pray, and we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And uh, we'll turn now in our Bibles to, to Luke chapter 9, and we'll read from verses 1 to verse 17. This is God's word. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took with them, then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves and of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everybody sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. 
They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I'm just going to read on a couple more verses. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. Amen. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. We'll pray for a moment as we uh, turn back to it. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, once more for the, the privilege, for the opportunity, for the freedom that we have to open your word. We're mindful of many uh, who do not have such freedom, some of whom uh, we heard of even on Wednesday evening of this week past, those in the, in the church across the world who are uh, desperately persecuted because of their faith in Christ and yet who continue to meet, risking life even in doing so. We thank you, Lord, that we have freedom. We thank you that we have opportunity. We thank you that we have the desire to be here. And we ask that you would meet with us, Lord, as we bow before you. We pray for some who have no desire to be here. We pray for some who perhaps were given opportunity to come today or in the evening and who declined it. We pray for some who, who once had eyes fixed on Christ and who now have eyes on this world. And we ask, Lord, that you would minister uh, to them, that you would open eyes once more to see Jesus and enable each of us to, to be able to see and say what Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of sinners. Help us, Lord, to see that, we pray. We pray that for ourselves here in this room. We pray that for the children as the, the word of God is open simply uh, to them, that you would give them faith that they would believe, that they would walk close with Christ all the days of their lives. We pray for the churches that are around us, different denominations, and we thank you that the gospel is preached in each of them, and we ask that you would add your blessing, that you would build your church in this place. And we ask that you would help us now. Uh, we cannot hear, we cannot see, we cannot speak, we cannot understand unless the Holy Spirit works in us and through us. And so we ask that you would send your spirit uh, that we uh, may be reached by you through your word. And for any Lord who may be distracted, uh, any who may have anxious thoughts that take their minds off different places, even in this hour, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would set these minds at peace as uh, we look to you. So hear our prayers and help us, Lord as we open your word and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could have your, your Bibles open at uh, Luke chapter 9, that would be, be helpful. One thing that we are uh, perhaps uh, more aware of uh, as those who live in this place uh, than others who may live in cities or who may live uh, inland is uh, we're aware of the movement of the sea. Uh, we cannot help but see uh, day by day uh, the movement of the waters as the tide uh, comes in the water levels rise and then the tide uh, goes out we see this constant we see this uh, continual movement in the landscape 
uh, that uh, God has put us in. And that's something that was on my mind uh, as I looked at this chapter. Uh, We see it throughout all the Gospels. We see it throughout uh, Luke's Gospel. We see it in a a particular way in this chapter. Uh, We see that kind of coming in and going out movement between Jesus and the disciples. And I want just to look in the time that we have, and I'll try to be disciplined in my time this morning. I want to look at the, at the two scenes uh, that we read in the first 17 verses. Uh, we see Jesus uh, sending out the 12. Uh, that's the, the first section, that's the first point, and we'll spend a bit more time uh, on that point, verses 1 to 9. Jesus, he sends out the 12 in his name to do his work. And in the second scene, uh, that we have from verse uh, 10 through to verse 17, as we have that a very famous episode that's recorded in all the Gospels when Jesus feeds the, the 5,000 men, probably more likely to be 15,000 people, because the women and the children wouldn't have been counted uh, in, that, uh, in that culture. So we'll look at these two points, these two scenes. So first of all, we see Jesus uh, sending out the 12. That's what the heading says, in my Bible, Jesus, he sends out the twelve. Um, but the, the thing I want us to see before we focus on that and what they do when they go out is, is that before they go out, Jesus first calls them to come in. Yes, he sends out the twelve, but before the twelve go out in his name, he first calls them in. And so we see the disciples in the first instance abiding with Jesus. That's the first uh, point or the first section under the first point the first scene is jesus sending out the 12 but within that we see uh a jesus uh calling the the disciples to abide with him so we see the disciples abiding with jesus when jesus had called the 12 together he gave them power i mentioned a moment or two ago the the movement of the sea Uh, the tide comes in the tide goes out and uh, that's necessary if that was to stop uh, there would be chaos, there'd be environmental chaos. That's necessary for the health of the ocean. It's necessary for the health of the whole environment. And for the, the spiritual health and effectiveness of the disciples, this, this, coming, this coming in and going out movement is, is a, a necessary and it's a healthy thing. That same movement that we note here of, of coming in to Jesus and then going out in the name of Jesus, it was and it is necessary uh, for disciples back then and for disciples, Christians today. Jesus called the twelve together uh, to, be, to be with him. And he called the twelve together to be with each other. They were together in fellowship. And it was when they were together as believers and together with him that he, he gave them power. They didn't have power of their own. The power that they they needed to be disciples of Jesus, to go out in the name of Jesus, was received as they spent time with them, as they abided with them. So Jesus, he calls them in. They're with him. They're with each other in fellowship. They're given power. And then he sends them out. Most of us have power tools in our garages. And um, take, for example, an electric drill. How, How does it work? Well, you don't just go to your garage and uh, pick up an electric drill that's been sitting on a shelf for 10 years and expect it's going to work. You pick it up, you plug it in, you let it uh, receive uh, the power that it needs for the time 
uh, that it needs to, to be charged up. And only then can it be used to do the job that you need to do. And that's very simply what we're seeing here. The time spent with Jesus, the time spent with, with each other in the presence of Jesus was time where the disciples were empowered, where they were charged up to be tools in the hands of Jesus. And then, and only then, he sent them out with a job to do. I don't know how many YF talks I heard over the years, um, but I can only remember two or three of them. I, I would have heard and given thousands, but I can only remember two or three of them. And one YF talk uh, that I heard uh, that I've never forgotten was by a, a man called Jim Lyon, who came from the, the Faith Mission. And he was very straight with the, the, the kids of the YF. And uh, he, uh, he challenged us at one point. And in his, in his warm Northern Irish accent, he said, Are you an instrument or are you an ornament? Are you an ornament like an old China house sitting on your granny's mantelpiece gathering dust, looking pretty but doing nothing? Or he says, are you an instrument? Someone that can be used in the hands of Jesus to do what he calls us to do. Are you an instrument? Are you an ornament? And these disciples, flawed as they were, they were instruments in the hands of Jesus. But in order for them, and in order for us as flawed disciples, if we are believers in Jesus, in order for us uh, to be empowered to be tools, to be instruments in the hands of Christ, and he sends us out in this place, we need first of all to be abiding with him. So that's the first element within this. Uh, we, we see Jesus sending out the twelve, but uh, before uh, they go out, they abide with, with Jesus. The second point under this heading is uh, they receive authority from Jesus. So they abide with Jesus and then they receive authority from Jesus. Uh, verses 1 and 2. When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now notice here again uh, the source of power and authority. The disciples, having spent time with Jesus, they don't go out uh, with an authority of their own. Jesus doesn't say to them, you know, off you go, you can do it, just believe in yourselves. You've got it in you. No, that's not what he said. Uh, he, he sends them out with a power and authority that, that came from him. And that was evident in the things that they did as they healed the sick, as they drove out demons. The authority that Christ gave them was evident in and through them. Now we might ask the question, well, as disciples of Jesus today, uh, what authority uh, do we go out with? Well, we go out with an authority not so much to, to, to heal the sick and drive out demons. That's not the ministry that, that God has, has called us to I think uh, in any sort of primary way God is still able to do that but he sends us out as believers with the authority of his word God's word is authoritative it will stand when everything else falls Matthew 24 verse 35 Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away remember as a 
ten-year-old boy, probably, uh, in Aberdeen. We used to, used to go to a brethren Sunday school in a wee gospel hall. And on Saturday night, they used to take us out to a, a leisure centre in, in Aberdeen, Kingcorth. We went to something called Camp Club. And for about two hours, uh, we would play football. And then go and get high on sugar uh, from the tuck shop. And then there would be a wee talk. There'd be choruses. And so many of these choruses that we sang are still uh, bouncing around in my head all these years later. When I was reading uh, the, the notes on, on this passage, uh, the, the chorus came back to my mind uh, that we used to sing, Kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall. Nations refuse to heed God's call, but the word of the Lord endures forevermore. And that's what our authority is. You know, I have no authority whatsoever to stand up and proclaim anything but what the Bible says. There's absolutely no point in me standing up and giving you my, my thoughts or my opinions on what's going on in the world. I have no authority to do that. The only authority I have is to proclaim what the Bible says. So I, I must preach that. But the situation today is that most people today, even here, don't come to church. They don't hear preaching. So the reality is that uh, your life and mine, as we move around in this community, is the only Bible that many people will ever read. So through our lives, if we are believers, as Jesus sends us out into this community, we are to preach the kingdom of God. We are to preach that there is a king. We are to preach that there is a king uh, like no other king. A king who, as the hymn goes, laid aside his majesty, gave up everything for me, suffered at the hands of those he had created, who took all our guilt and shame when he died and rose again. Now in heaven he reigns, and heaven and earth exalted. People don't know that there is a king, and it's our job to tell them. There is a king who is ruling over all, and his name is, is Jesus. The disciples' mission back in, in Luke chapter 9 was, and the disciples' mission today still is, to go and tell the world about him. You know, it's easy for us to talk about church, and sometimes it's necessary for us to talk about church, but people need to hear about Jesus. So be challenged, be encouraged, start with myself in conversation. If we are believers, tell people about Jesus. Maybe especially in, in this current context that we're in it seems so chaotic the world all of a sudden became so unpredictable people were so anxious people were so afraid everything looked to be in meltdown what do people need to hear that there's a king he's reigning he's ruling he's sovereign he has all this under control and he calls us to trust him is he trustworthy well look to the cross and see how trustworthy he is what other king laid aside his majesty? What other king can we find in history who gave up everything for us, who suffered at the hands he had created? What other king took all our guilt and shame and died and rose again to save us? People need to hear about Jesus. But this mission, uh, remember, it's not just about the things we say. It's about what we do. Alistair Begg uh, said, uh, sometimes the gospel is best felt not telt sometimes the gospel is best felt not telt 
And the disciples uh, were sent out by Jesus, uh, not simply to tell the world about him, but to care for those who were struggling, to care for those who were sick, to care for those uh, who, were, who were cast down, to show compassion to those who were sick, to those who were troubled. That was part of the mission. Still is. General Booth, uh, who was the, foundation, the, the, the founder of the Salvation Army, uh, he was once criticised um, he had lots of ministry down in London where there was so, so much poverty on the streets. And he cared for the drunks. He cared for the dynamites. And he was once criticized by another religious leader uh, for, for, for offering material care to people when he should just be telling them the, the gospel message. And he responded by saying, it is impossible to comfort men's hearts with the love of God when their feet are perishing with cold. So he was putting shoes on their feet before he, he gave them the message of Christ's compassion. And we are sent out in Jesus' name. And yes, people should be able to hear clearly from us about Jesus and his love and what he's done for us. But equally, people should be able to feel from us something of the love and, and the compassion of Jesus. Uh, are you aware of someone who's lonely and depressed? Don't just ping them a, a, a text verse of scripture and say my job is done. Go and sit with them in the darkness as they struggle. Yeah, where of somebody who's hungry? Don't just tell them the Lord will provide. Use some of what he's put in your cupboards to make them a meal. There are practical things uh, we can do and we are called to do so that people will, will be able to, to fuel the gospel through us and not just hear the gospel from us so these uh, disciples they're they're sent out uh, by jesus he sends out the 12 but before he sends them out they're to abide with them as he sends them out uh, he gives them authority there's authority from jesus and the third thing the final thing here is that he sends them out as ambassadors for him as ambassadors for jesus now the uk like every other country has uh, ambassadors who go out uh, from this country from their home. Uh, to other countries on, on, on business, on specific missions. And these disciples, they were ambassadors for Christ. And so Jesus, as he sends them out, he gives them instructions on how they're to conduct themselves as they go out in his name, on his business. And he told them, verse 3, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Max Lucado wrote a book, uh, with the title, uh, Travelling Light. And essentially that's what Jesus says to his disciples as he sends them out the door. He says, travel light. You don't need to pack a suitcase. You don't need a staff. Leave the baseball bat at home. I will protect you. You don't need a, a bag full of stuff because uh, your stuff will just uh, hold you back and slow you down. You don't need to take bread or, or money or an extra coat because I'll provide everything that you need. Whatever house you enter, verse 4, stay there until you leave that town. Don't go looking for five-star accommodation, says Jesus. That's not the priority. Somebody gives you a place to stay, stay in it contentedly. You're only going to be in that place for a, for a short while. And you won't have time, uh, says Jesus, to, to put your feet up for, so, for too long. You've got a mission to fulfill, so focus on that. Weirspeed, the commentator, says this tour that Jesus was sending them out on, uh, was not to be a holiday. 
So they were exhorted to travel light and live by faith. And Jesus says to them, uh, don't be put off by opposition. It's, it's going to come. Verse 5, if people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. And all this, as we look in on the disciples at this juncture in their ministry, all this is a, is a picture uh, for us if we're Christians. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5.20, uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's our calling. That's our, our primary calling. It's our first calling. Our first calling is not to make money. It's not to build up a, a healthy business, a good reputation. It's not to make sure our, our children are the, the best educated, best behaved. Our primary calling is to be ambassadors for Christ. And so we're to live that way, remembering why we're here. Remembering this world is not our home. Hebrews 13, 14, we have no continuing city here, uh, but we seek one to come. So we're to travel light and we're to stay on mission. I told you before, some probably some years ago now, about friends of ours who, who were hoping to build a house just outside Inverness. And um, they, they stayed in their mobile home on the site just until they got things organized, until the planning permission came through. The planning permission took longer, a lot longer than they expected to come through. Uh, the whole process of, of getting the, the job up and running was a lot more onerous than they, than they realized. Um, and so they ended up in the, the, the mobile home in the caravan for a bit longer than they expected. But during the time they were in it, they didn't make it luxurious. They remembered always that they were going to be there just for a while. So they, they saved. They made sure uh, that uh, their investments were not on, um, on, on making luxurious something that was so temporary. But they wanted to, to focus on what was longer term. Uh, and it's just a picture. We're here. We're here just for a while. We forget that, but we're here just for a while. James says this, this life is like a mist. And then there's eternity. So we're to travel light if we're Christians. We're to stay on mission. Verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch had heard about all that was going on and uh, was perplexed. Because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead. Others that Elijah had appeared and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this? I hear such things about. And he tried to see him. And in some ways, I think, we, we wonder what, what this is doing here. Because we've had quite a focused narrative on, on Jesus and the disciples sending them out. And then all of a sudden, Luke takes the camera and he swings it over onto this new character, Herod. And we wonder, why, why are we being caused to look at Herod all of a sudden? And having thought about this for a few days, I think the reason that we've been shown Herod is that Herod is a warning to us. Herod is an example of what verse 5 looks like in real personal terms. Verse 5, Jesus says to the disciples, If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. And I think we're seeing Herod here in a cloud of dust. Herod had heard the gospel many, many times through John the Baptist. But Herod did not welcome it. In fact, he rejected it. And he imprisoned John. 
and then he beheaded John. And now it seems that as there's this stir caused by the disciples going out, Herod says, I think after all this time, I want now to meet Jesus. Send for him. So it says in verse 9, Herod tried to see Jesus. But it seems that for Herod, uh, the opportunity had passed. Eventually, Herod does get to meet Jesus. It's in Luke chapter uh, 23. But in the verses, if you scan them later, you can see that although Herod got to meet Jesus, Jesus had nothing now to say to Herod. The opportunity had passed. It's a warning. And I think we we need to just take that on board. Don't make the mistake uh, that Herod did. He heard the gospel many times. He liked to hear it. But week by week, he rejected it. And eventually, Jesus rejected him. It's not what I intended to finish. But time is gone. So we're going to finish there. And let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, your word. Uh, We thank you for the the clarity of the the gospel. We thank you for the fact that uh, Jesus is the king. He is the king of kings. We thank you for all uh, that he did laying aside his majesty, coming to this world as the servant king, the one who laid down his life to save us, the one who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We thank you for the cross of Christ, for that place where he went to make an end of all our sin. We thank you for his blood that was shed, that brings forgiveness to all who look to, who call upon, who trust in him. And we thank you, Lord, for the the gospel message which went out from the disciples, through the disciples, across land and sea. We thank you for the, the gospel message, the good news about Jesus, which we have heard, which we have received by faith, some of us, and which we are sent out to proclaim. We confess, Lord, that uh, we forget that we are here just for a while. Sometimes we forget about the reality of eternity. Sometimes we forget about the, the danger that those around us are in who are outside of Christ. So we thank you, Lord, for the reminder that we have in this passage. And we pray that as the disciples were sent out, uh, that we would be sent out today, that we would speak to people about Jesus, that we would seek to, to care for people and show compassion to people and love people like Jesus. And we pray that you would use us that we would not be like ornaments on the shelf gathering dust, but we pray that we would be instruments in the hands of Jesus, those who, having spent time with him, now go out as ambassadors for him. So hear our prayers. We pray for any who may be in the dangerous position that Herod uh, was in for so long. Pray for any who may be watching, who may be listening, who like to listen, who like to watch, who have an interest in the things of God, who at this time are still resisting and rejecting Christ. We pray that uh, even today, there may be some, there may be someone even, who repents of sin, who believes in Jesus, and who is saved. So hear our prayers and take away our sin. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was hearing about, a, I'm just, we're just about to have the benediction. Don't worry, this is not sermon part two. Um, I was hearing a, a story this week past about a church, I think it was down in Glasgow direction, and um, 
just above the, the door, on, on the way out, on the exit point, there's a, there's a plaque. And for every person that's heading out of the church, the last thing they see before they walk through the door is a wee plaque. And it just says this, you are now entering the mission field. And maybe we should take that with us today. We've seen the disciples being sent out. But if we are Christ's people, we are his disciples today. Uh, we are being sent out. You're about to enter the mission field. So let's stand uh, for the benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all, both now and forevermore. Amen.